Good afternoon. Uh, after our Bible, or I'm sorry, after our worship service, we'll be finishing our study today on Colossians. So today will be the last day on Colossians, and then we'll talk about uh, the next book that will come after this whenever we're all done. Our first reading for today is from the seventh chapter of Jeremiah. The word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Stand in the gate of the Lord's house and proclaim there this word and say, Hear the word of the Lord, all you men of Judah who enter these gates to worship the Lord. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Amend your ways and your deeds, and I will let you dwell in this place. Do not trust in these deceptive words. This is the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord. For if you truly amend your ways and your deeds, if you truly execute justice one with another, if you do not oppress the sojourner, the fatherless, or the widow, or shed innocent blood in this place, and if you do not go after other gods to your own harm, then I will let you dwell in this place, in the land that I gave of old to your fathers forever. Behold, you trust in deceptive words to no avail. Will you steal, murder, commit adultery, swear falsely, make offerings to Baal, and go after other gods that you have not known, and then come and stand before me in this house, which is called by my name, and say, We are delivered, only to go on doing all these abominations? Has this house, which is called by my name, Become a den of robbers in your eyes. Behold, I myself have seen it, declares the Lord. Go now to my place that was in Shiloh, where I made my name dwell at first, and see what I did to it because of the evil of my people Israel. And now, because you have done all these things, declares the Lord, and when I spoke to you persistently, you did not listen, and when I called to you, you did not answer. Therefore, I will do to the house that is called by my name and in which you trust and the place that I gave to you and to your fathers as I did to Shiloh and will cast you out of my sight as I cast out all your kinsmen, all the offspring of Ephraim. As for you, do not pray for this people or lift up a cry or prayer for them and do not intercede with me for I will not hear you. Do you not see what they are doing in the cities of Judah and in the streets of Jerusalem? The children gather the wood, the fathers kindle fire, and the women knead dough to make cakes for the queen of heaven. And they pour out drink offerings to other gods to provoke me to anger. Is it I whom they provoke, declares the Lord? Is it not themselves to their own shame? Therefore, thus says the Lord God, Behold, my anger and my wrath will be poured out on this place, upon man and beast, upon the trees of the field and the fruit of the ground. It will burn and not be quenched. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Add your burnt offerings to your sacrifices and eat the flesh. From the day that I brought them out of the land of Egypt, I did not speak to your fathers or command them concerning burnt offerings and sacrifices, but this command I gave them, Obey my voice, and I will be your God, and you shall be my people. 
and walk in all the way that I command you, that it may be well with you. But they did not obey or incline their ear, but walked in their own counsels and the stubbornness of their evil hearts and went backward and not forward. From the day that your fathers came out of the land of Egypt to this day, I have persistently sent all my servants, the prophets, to them day after day. Yet they did not listen to me or incline their ear, but stiffened their neck. They did worse than their fathers. So you shall speak all these words to them, but they will not listen to you. You shall call to them, but they will not answer you. You shall say to them, This is the nation that did not obey the voice of the Lord their God and did not accept discipline. Truth has perished. It is cut off from their lips. Cut off your hair and cast it away. Raise a lamentation on the bare heights, for the Lord has rejected and forsaken the generation of his wrath. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our second reading is from the 23rd chapter of Matthew. Then Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, Scribes and the Pharisees sit on Moses' seat. So do and observe whatever they tell you, but not the works they do. For they preach, but do not practice. They tie up up heavy burdens, hard to bear, and lay them on people's shoulders. But they themselves are not willing to move them with their finger. They do all their deeds to be seen by others. For they make their phylacteries broad and their fringes long, and they love the place of honor feasts and the best seats in the synagogues and greetings in the marketplaces and being called rabbi by others. You are not to be called rabbi, for you have one teacher. You are all brothers. Call no man your father on earth, for you have one father who is in heaven. Neither be called instructors, for you have one instructor, the Christ. The greatest among you shall be your servant. Whoever exalts himself will be humbled. Whoever whoever humbles himself will be exalted. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We continue our recitation with the uh, Tenth Commandment. What is the Tenth Commandment? You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his manservant or maidservant, his ox or donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. What does this mean? We should fear and love God so that we do not entice or force away our neighbor's wife, workers, or animals, or turn them against him, but urge them to stay and do their duty. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. In this meaning that Luther wrote to this commandment, He said, we should fear and love God so we do not entice or force away our neighbor's wife, worker, or animals, meaning coax them to come to you or turn them against him. But instead, he wrote this, instead, urge them to stay and do their duty. This is the very opposite of coveting. Coveting is when you try and take something for yourself. Instead, the very opposite of that is urging those that belong to someone else or or are connected to someone else 
to stay where they're at and to do their duty, to do what they have been called to do. This is very similar to God's people that we read about in Jeremiah. After the exodus, after they were brought out, God urged them to stay where they were at and to do their duty. And their duty was to worship him and to listen to him faithfully, not following any other gods. This is what God said in today's reading. After the exodus, God said this, Obey my voice, and I will be your God, and you shall be my people. And walk in all the way that I command you, that it may be well with you. But they did not obey or incline their ear, but walked in their own counsels and stubbornness of their evil hearts, and went backward and not forward. Now, when you think about coveting, it's a, it's a matter of the heart. And very often, our desires, what we, we covet, it, it wanders around. It seeks things to gain for ourselves. And yes, we can talk about that in regard to uh, the list that Luther had here. Uh, wife, workers, animals. We, you know, we might even say cars or other items, things. But... I think the greater way that our hearts wander is not in gaining other things for ourselves, but our hearts wander away from God. And that may be something we don't always realize. That our hearts wander around looking for security and things other than God. Our hearts wander around seeking comfort and things other than what God has spoken to us in the Scripture. Our hearts wander around seeking comfort when we've sinned in ways that are not even remotely connected to Christ and what he did for us in the cross. What we wrestle with is nothing new. This is exactly what the people of God were going through in our Old Testament reading today when Jeremiah had to rebuke them so strongly. This is what Jeremiah said, actually God said, to his people whose hearts had wandered and were beginning to covet things other than God. God said this, Behold, you trust in deceptive words to no avail. Will you steal, murder, commit adultery, swear falsely, make offerings to Baal and go after other gods that you have not known And then come and stand before me in this house, which is called by my name, and say, we are delivered. God always wanted his people to wander to him and him alone. But they wandered around. They mixed it up with other gods. They mixed it up with other lusts of their hearts. And then they still came back to church and say, here we are. We're God's people. No. Covetous, wandering heart is a, Terrible thing that we Christians should especially be aware of. And then Jeremiah told this story of what exactly was happening in Jerusalem, and it's a bit shocking. He said this, Do you not see what they're doing in the cities of Judah and the streets of Jerusalem? The children gather wood. The fathers kindle fire. The women need dough to make cakes for the queen of heaven. And they pour out drink offerings to other gods to provoke me to anger. 
Their hearts wandered away so badly that they, they coveted anything and anyone and any other God that would give them what they wanted. And they'd go after that. It's where the children were gathering sticks, the fathers were making fire, the women were kneading cakes of dough and offering it to the goddess, the queen of heaven, to try and get something. Why? Because their hearts were coveting. Their hearts were wandering away from God. <clears throat> Never forget what God, how God describes himself, actually, especially when he, after he gave the commandments. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. And when we use the word jealous, we, we almost always, 99% of the time, think of it as a negative, right? They're so jealous of me. Because I have this. They're jealous of my spouse. They're jealous. Jealousy is a bad word. And yet God says he's a jealous God. That's a good thing. Because God is jealous for you. He wants you all to himself. 100%. He doesn't want to share you with the queen of heaven. He doesn't want to share you with Baal. He doesn't want to share you with any of the covetous desires you have in your heart that make you wander around and seek after other things. He wants you all to himself. And he doesn't want your hearts wandering away from him. He wants your hearts to wander, if they have to wander, wander to one way, one place, Christ. To wander and to be embraced by everything that Christ did for you in his crucifixion. That when you are concerned and worried about your sins, instead of seeking satisfaction or comfort from somewhere else, wander to Christ. That's where we belong. And then when we worry about this life, when we are concerned about death, when death draws near and we are afraid, we might wander around seeking comfort from any doctor who can do anything, who might delay death. Or we can wander into the arms of Christ, who is the only one who has risen from the dead never to die again and promises that that same resurrection is yours. It's yours in him. 100%. You see, we, we don't need to wander around in this world. Christ is right before you. He's always here. He's always giving you what he's done for you in his death and in his resurrection. And truly, when we, we, we comfort ourselves with that, when we find our hearts settled in him, every itch is scratched. Every prayer is answered right in him. It always has been, whether it's in the Old Testament or the New Testament. Man's hearts don't have to wander around looking for anything. All they have to do is rest in God. And what God has done for us and continues to do for us and will always do for us. Amen. Now may the peace of our God, which surpasses our understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.